Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Live from Digital Address GA0993341. Good evening and God bless you for matriculating into Springboard, your virtual university. Springboard is a multimedia educational and personal development intervention, the biggest and the most consistent of its kind, running since August 2008. We are live on Facebook, streaming digitally on Albert N.E. Okran. Find that page, like it, subscribe to it, and that is your digital platform for engagement. Engaging day and night in this knowledge revolution. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstition join 99.7 FM. We are proudly sponsored on this broadcast by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank and MTN, Ghana's number one network. Our print media support comes from the Business and Financial Times and the Graphic Business. I recommend both business newspapers to you. Tomorrow's edition of the Business and Financial Times will look at an article on fitness versus focus from the book 101 Keys to Achievement and Fulfillment, a book I highly recommend to you. Tuesday's graphic business will be a transcription of tonight's very interesting discussion on technology. This program enjoys technology support also from Dream Oval. So on behalf of the Virtual Academic Board, Superintendent by Comfort with support from Matthew Presler and Amos. Let me thank you for joining us on Joy 99.7 FM. Tonight, on your virtual university, we reduce everything to one simple question. One simple question. Now, what is the question? Is technology an enabler or a disruptor of business? Is technology an enabler or a disruptor of business? You will think the answer is straightforward, but some see it as a clear and present danger. Others see it as an endless window of opportunity. Of course, if you are like me and you have had a million views on your springboard global convocation only, a million views, you will see technology as an enabler and not a disruptor. But you are allowed to have an opinion and to share it on the show when we open the phone lines or you can actually send it in advance by posting it on the Facebook stream or sending it to 024 via WhatsApp. Do you think technology is an enabler or a disruptor of business has it disrupted your life or your career send your thoughts ahead as we open up the discussion my guest for tonight franklin asari is the director of enterprise architecture at oracle corporation and the ceo of lockwood institute he also is the director executive director of sterling projects group franklin wears different hats and he's wearing all three of them on the show tonight franklin it's good to see you welcome to springboard thank you Thank you very much. I guess this is, this discussion is long overdue. <laughs> Indeed, it is. There's a there's a song that says it's been a long time coming. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm very happy to be here. Thank yeah. you for the opportunity. It's it's interesting that we get to talk about a subject that I know is very dear to your heart. But let's 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 start this discussion straight to the meat of it. How is technology changing the business landscape? Our theme for the year here on Springboard is leveraging strategy and technology. And we are talking about this the whole year, breaking it down in different ways. But from your perspective, we would like to look at 
enabler or disruptor? Maybe let me start with that question first. In your opinion, is it an enabler or a disruptor? It is both. <laughs> I In you our part of the world, uh, it is an enabler, uh, reducing cost, increasing productivity, allowing us to reach markets far and wide. It is also a disruptor because several business models have been disrupted by reason of technology. Today we talk about Uber. Uber has no assets at all. They, have, they owe no taxes. They just manage data. We can talk about Facebook. Facebook is the largest advertising platform we have today. And uh, they, we, we produce content for them. They don't even produce any. We can talk about Airbnb. Airbnb is the biggest hotel accommodation provider in the world today. And they owe no assets at all. Again, just managing data. So it is both. But let me add that in our part of the world, it is going to be very interesting because some of us have not even had the opportunity to use technology as an enabler in the midst of the era where we see disruption. So it will be a very confused state for first, but I think the African economies will do well out of it. What is your optimism for Africa in this technology era based on the fact that we are we are relatively lower on the scale of usage and deployment? Absolutely. Some of us have not even started. So we are going to skip a generation and face a new business model caused by the dis- disruption that we already see in the advanced markets. You talk about lower cost, and I'm going to I'm going to come to the broader discussion, um, the broader discussion about how it is changing the business landscape. I guess that's what you're talking about anyway. But you talk about lowering cost as one of the enablers of business, and I know that your interest in technology delves largely, uh, among others, into the financial sector and how technology is changing the rendition of services in the financial sector. What, cost-wise, what is the difference between um, a a technology-driven financial service provision vis-a-vis the brick-and-mortar model that has become the traditional one we all know? Oh, that's interesting. A A fully digitized bank has a cost of operation about 10 cents, US cents, I mean. And a bank that is not fully digitized is about $4.62. In our part of the world, it is higher. So if we are to compete in our banking services, there's a clear need to be able to digitize because 10 pence is low enough. 10 cents is very, very low. You're saying that if I took the EcoBank mobile app and I use it for a transaction, the cost to the bank is about 10 cents. In terms of all the different the parts model, of the digital experience. Right, right. Yes. It's about 10 cents, which mm. in cities is about... Uh, you call it about 45. 45, 45 40, 46. Pesos. Pesos, I'm sorry. 45 pesos. That's correct. Half a city. Yes. Compare that one to... About $4. $4.50. That's trending towards yes. almost 20 cities. That's correct. Wow. Which means that for for banks that are able to deploy more and more apps and more and more mobile or technology-driven services, digital services, they get to reduce their cost of operation. Absolutely, which is the bane of most banks today. But that has to be balanced against other services that they need to provide because clearly if you reduce costs and keep reducing costs, especially in a part of the world, you're going to lose jobs to make it work in that manner. Right. and that is where people see technology as as the big enemy. Absolutely. How much change are we looking at? How big is this level of change that we are discussing today? You talk about cost reduction. You talk about the 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 cost of 
a fully digitized transaction vis-a-vis the cost of a manual transaction. You talked about the potential for job losses. What what level of change are we looking at? Is it huge or is it just peripheral? This will be massive. This will be revolutionary. This is changing and the pace of change will be quick. It's already moving and the pressure on us is coming from banking services worldwide because we live in a virtual world today. Where the, the HSBCs of, of the world now and the city banks of the world now are big conglomerates. And they'll be into our space very soon because of the virtual environment created by banking. And the virtual world that we live in by the digitized world. What, what, what should anyone listening do? Because I, 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 in your submission, the first submission, you talked about the fact that it's both an enabler and a disruptor. So to that extent... I want to believe that depending on what the individual does, depending on what the organization does, um, technology can be an enabler for you. And then also, if you fail to respond appropriately, it could be a big disruptor. What, what should people do to take advantage rather than find themselves being victims? I think all companies should embrace technology today. I think all businesses will be driven by technology in the digital era in some shape or form, seriously, in a manner we've not seen before. I think in our part of the world, it will be very, very good to embrace it because what we are looking at in terms of the opportunities we have, we can only reel them in and bring them in by embracing technology rather than pushing it back. When you say embrace, what does it entail? Are you talking about at a strategic level? Are you talking about re- uh, taking up business models and tearing them apart completely and rebuilding them? Because, you know, really, I mean, you can engage something on a very simplistic peripheral basis and just make some minor changes and get one or two laptops here and there, a few people holding a few gadgets and see, well, we're using technology all over the place. But I get a sense that you're talking about total transformation of business models. Now, that sounds to me almost like literally tearing up the script, Franklin. Yes, I agree. I think that... uh what we are doing today, we most of our businesses are analog. I think we are living in a world where we are looking at digitized businesses, where the front end of the business is completely digital. The back end, in terms of the ERPs, if this is enterprise resource planning applications, human resource, uh, human capital management applications are all digital. So I am talking about the full business end to end. Of course, starting in phases. But certainly it will be good to start with the customer engagement bit of the businesses, how we engage with our customers and create a form of intimacy that will come from my experience of the digital environment. I, I take a glance around. I mean, I, I want us to have this discussion within the context of the Ghanaian business environment. Mm-hmm. And I know we have some very fantastic world-class organizations here, but there are also organizations that have been there for quite a while and that are populated by people who, some of whom can't even probably use Microsoft Word. And it's not just um, a few dotted instances. Some are significantly widespread. Mm -hmm. Now, for a a business trying to migrate, trying to redo its business model to be tech-savvy, to be um, relevant in this technology era, if you are populated by people who really can't even type their names on on the computer... um, The journey, how long will it take? Uh, Will you be able to match up with the pace? I think it starts from developing the right digital mindset, I call it. And I think that starts on platforms like the Springboard Virtual Investing and the people in the audience here. I think we can develop them to be ready. 
I also think we need to look at processes and automate our processes and digitize our processes and have a, a very good understanding of the processes that run our businesses because the changed business models will come from an optimized process understanding which we need to make sure we put in place and document. And of course, technology will come in at the end. But I think it starts with the development of a mindset of a people. I think we need to optimize processes and look at how we, how we work today. I have been to several businesses, done consulting for several businesses. I know that problem is there. We, we don't even know how we make our money. Apart from the revenue side, on the cost side, we don't even know how we can optimize our processes and save money. Let me let me go to the architecture of the technology revolution or the technology um, drive. Right. The, the structure, the architecture of this booming, looming technology. Uh, I don't want to call it revolution or takeover, but it definitely is an economy that you can't ignore. We talked about the knowledge economy for quite a while, right. but it's evident that there is a fusion today between. It's not as if the knowledge economy is dead, but it's now being fused with also a fast rapid changing technology revolution so what is the structure of the technology economy very interesting there are 12 themes i will mention some of them tonight on the program just quickly so that 12 12 right um, the first one is knowledge itself not the, the new economy in the digital economy is a knowledge-based economy here we are talking about smartphones, smart cars, all these things, smart, smart cities. Then the new economy is also the digital economy where information is in bits on a network. So number them for me. Just, just One so is knowledge. Knowledge-based. Okay, yes. So. One is knowledge. Knowledge, artificial intelligence, robotics, uh, robotics. The other one is digitization which is really a theme by itself also virtualization what's the difference virtualization is to make things that do not exist appear to be there so we can virtualize servers and have more room and use for the servers that we actually would have had on the hard drive itself then we talk about convergence where industry is coming together so many things are coming together. Let me let me pause at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, rem- I remember that in two thousand and eight or nine, at the Festival of Ideas, Philip Sua making a submission mm-hmm. predicted that in the very near future, mm-hmm. the mobile phone will host television, radio, and there will be convergence that is unprecedented by the power of technology. And everybody laughed at it at the national. Is it a conference center? It sounded so funny that. Right. I mean, the mobile phone will bring together television, radio, um, cameras, everything yes. as one. Yes. At that time, it was unfamiliar terrain. But yes. here we are today, and it's just so much of a reality. It is that, here today. Right. Mm. So you talk about convergence as part of the, what you call the knowledge base. Is that so? Yeah, new media is transforming the way we do business. That's convergence. Right. And then uh, another one that we need to look at is integration. The new economy is a web of relationships different relationships companies are collaborating more than competing competing which is also very important then we also talk about this intermediation which is the elimination of middleman functions forgive me but the way i process i i, I so it, all these are subsets of number one is that correct no no uh, let me take my time so 
So the first me, one is the knowledge economy. Pause, pause, pause. Mm. So my mother is a teacher. Okay. My mother-in-law is a teacher. Hey, I tell I them I'm a teacher and they say, no, I'm not a teacher. I say, right. I'm a teacher. That's all I do. <laughs> so for, for the benefit of our listeners, let mm. me capture this so that those who are taking down mm. notes right. can see from the virtual university today, I learned 12 Teams. 12 teams that comprise the architecture of the, the, the technology, the, the digital, e- the digital economy. economy. So we are talking about the structure of the digital economy. The first thing you see is that it is knowledge-based. That's that point number one. That right. is correct. Right. The second thing is that it is based on what we call digitization. Right. So digitization is number two. Right. right. And then I talked about virtualization. Right. That's number three. That is number three. Right. And then I talked about... So virtualization is where you make things that um, do not exist in a form appear to exist for the purpose of, of efficiency. That's what you said. That's correct. Right. That's correct. Then you talk about convergence. Correct. Convergence. Right. That's Which what, is number media, four. Number four, media coming together. Right. Then we talk about presumption. Presumption is where we, the, we are producing information on the net for example you can go to cnn now and decide what you want to listen to based on an app and decide the sort of content that you find of interest so that means you're producing your information okay so in in that regard the ability to go on social media yes and decide when you want to consume a particular content somebody says because of the time zones i mean australia australia is currently it's about six 21 a.m. for some of our listeners in Australia. Sometimes they are able to join us. Sometimes they say Monday morning you are going to work. So we'll watch it when we are free. Yes. Is that what you call presumption? Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. That's a theme also. I believe that is five. Yes, that's correct. And then innovation itself. Innovation is a game changer. And if you allow me to quote a scripture, I guess I'm permitted to quote a scripture on this program. Absolutely. Um, I want to quote Proverbs 8. Verse 12 in the King James. <clears throat> it says, I, I wisdom dwell with prudence, and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. That's innovation. Right. So the, the, the version from the New King James, I wisdom dwell with prudence, yes. and find out knowledge and discretion. That's correct. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is your your sixth point, and that is innovation. That, that is correct? innovation. Right. And then I want to talk about number seven. Number seven, I talked about integration. Integration, okay. I mentioned integration, which is a new economy that is based on relationships. Right. Where it's more of not necessarily competition, but collaboration. So all the platforms we have, like Facebook, you know, all these WhatsApp, they are all collaboration platforms allowing us to collaborate and collaborate very well. Why, why, why is this becoming the norm these days instead of the traditional um, red ocean competitive neck-breaking model of business? Why is this idea of collaboration or, or, or some people call it competitive collaboration? Right. Why is, why is that becoming the norm these days. It makes more sense in our, in our internet world, in our virtual world, because it's easier to earn your, your piece or your margin of the profit that can be broken into different segments than going for the full piece, because middleman functions have been eliminated now in a big way, in the, in the way we used to be, do business traditionally. Right. So you take your piece of it where you can get it. 
And sometimes it makes sense to collaborate and take a piece than to look for the whole pie that is not available. Is it a lot of synergy at work? Yes. Right. So let me run you through the first seven and then we can take the last five. So if you just joined us, this is Springboard of Virtual University. My guest, Franklin Asari, a lover of technology, helping us to break down the digital economy. And we're looking now at the structure or architecture of the digital economy. What does it look like and what is the impact on our lives? And he says the first thing is that it is knowledge-based. Smartphones, smart cars, artificial intelligence, robotics, everything, knowledge-based. Second one is digitizations. Third one, virtualization. Fourth one, convergence. That is media coming together. And, and just for the benefit of those who are watching us um, live on Facebook on Albert and you Ukraine, you will testify that you are watching us not just not just hearing us but seeing us as well and, and engaging this this experience both visually and also in audio. Then you talked about presumption, the ability to choose what you want to consume and literally almost like producing your own content, even though it has been p- uh, positioned for you. Then you talked about innovation and quoted Proverbs eight verse twelve to back. That point, the seventh point is integration, where you talked about relationships, I guess, between technologies, between people, between systems. And he yes. says it is leading to collaboration instead of hard nosed competition. What is number eight, Franklin? Number eight is immediacy. Immediacy is real time enterprises eliminating warehousing functions. This is where blockchain, and I'll talk about blockchain giving the opportunity, is coming in big time. The middleman is disappearing. And then we can talk about globalization as well. Would that be number nine? Number nine. This is uh, Peter Drucker, where knowledge knows no boundaries. Where anywhere the the head is connected can be your office. That's globalization. So I can sit in Ghana and I can work and serve a market in the U.S. And for us in this part of the world, this is one of our biggest opportunities. Jack Walsh, of General Ele- formerly of General Electric, developed the word boundarylessness yes. to describe the quest for knowledge that is not restricted by geographical boundaries. And he coined a non-existent word, boundarylessness, to underscore or underpin the need to be hungry for knowledge from or models that are working anywhere you can find them, even yes. if they don't uh, apply in your space. Yes. That is correct. Globalization, that's number nine. Globalization is number number nine. Right. And okay. then number ten is discordance. We are moving towards self-employment. Workers now have a sense of power due to the preeminence of intellectual property. Unhappy workers can easily quit and set up and use their own brains to set up their new businesses in a manner that has not happened before. And then uh, another big one, so how many, I think... You've given us 10. I've given... Discordance is 10. Right. Then we have one, which is about how old corporations are being disintegrated. People, companies like General Electric. It's called molecularization. That's a big word. Where companies are breaking up. Uh, as they become very big, you look at uh, General Electric and other companies are broken up. And they have different lines of business all making money. That is also part of one of the things in the digital era. What is driving that? Because it is specialism, specialization in different areas that they need to be able to do and look at. So they have an engineering arm, they even have a finance arm. And all the opportunities that have been presented by 
the marketplace that they face, they have created separate lines of business to be able to pick them all up, rather than put them, them all into the big port of General Electric, for example, that the old company was. Is it the impression that that big behemoth, for lack of a better word, um, leads to inefficiencies? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and and the whole point of having a digital economy is to create efficiencies that were not there before. Right. Yes, and also to be able to lower costs. Right. It, it will seem to me that by virtue of mm. or by virtue of the specialization that comes with technology, the more direct it speaks to a particular situation, the better. And so, in that regard. Um, it seeks to get itself to address specific situations rather than generalized situations. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And and you can see that the trend of technology is going that way. I'll talk about what we call smart set, given the opportunity right. to, to, so to you call this that molecularization. That's correct. And that's number eleven. That's number eleven. Number twelve. Number twelve. I th- have I talked about? I talked about convergence, you presumption, did. immediacy, globalization. I talked about discordance. Yep. Um, I'm missing one. Bear with me. That's okay. Virtualization, digitization, knowledge. That's it. So, so, so you have, you've come here with zations and zations and zations all the way through. <laughs> Don't worry about the numbers. For me, the big thing, the big question: How do all these impact the life of the CEO of a bank, the CEO of a, of a manufacturing company, the head of government, yeah. the the pers- the regulator of an industry, a highly regulated industry, banking, finance, insurance. How do all these themes impact the planning, the thinking of someone sitting in a place of authority, seeking to have an efficient, successful, well-managed system? Interesting. One is in the area of customer experience. These opportunities, these themes point to how we engage our customers how we compare ourselves with our competition, sometimes now collaboratively rather than competitively, our online presence, how that defines it in presumption, self-service, for example. So in how we engage our customers in terms of our customer experience, that whole thing has changed. Then in terms of operational efficiencies, employee efficiencies, for example, manufacturing processes, in terms of the efficiencies, warehouse management, Inventories, deliveries, asset maintenance, for example, are all in the areas of operational efficiencies that we can ponder about in the new digital economy. And of course, new opportunities, some of them are evolutionary, some of them are revolutionary. M-Pesa, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. Talking about M-Pesa, I mean, for the benefit of our listeners, M-Pesa is um, a payment system similar to mobile money that has been so widely deployed in Kenya, especially. I mean, the Kenyan example is always a is, is, is a case study of of um, of um, what, what, what word I'm looking for the word that onboarding people. People accepting, people migrating, people adopting adoption. That's what I was looking for adoption. Okay. <laughs> The Kenyan example is a, a, a typical case study of massive adoption by the truck pusher, by the florist, by the transport owner, the taxi driver, the state of a mobile payment system. And I recall that a few years ago I mentioned that it's something that if we could adopt in Ghana would be a fantastic um, change that would help cut down costs and increase convenience. And somebody said on this show four years ago that it was impossible because wow. culturally mm. we just can't mm. migrate onto digital payment mm. systems. 
I think that person is now tend to be a false prophet because <laughs> <laughs> we've made progress. But how close are we to that level of adoption in Ghana? Yes, I think we're there. I think we need some more platforms and the maturity of our processes to be able to do it well. I think in Kenya they started to experience a lot earlier in terms of the maturity of their processes. But today, I think it is fully developed. Um, you can use Impesa now to pay a dowry if you're not married. You can use Impesa to pay a taxi. You can use Impesa to pay insurance. You can actually pay a check into an Impesa account and have it cleared and transferred, although it's not a bank necessarily. So. I, I think that experience can come into this part of the It's already here. Um, it's already here, but the maturity of the process in terms of its capability has not been fully developed. But the point I make here is that we have a developing economy, and therefore the, we have a better, we have more needs in terms of payments to make to other people than perhaps the developed economy. So we need it. We need to have it. The, the need is evidence, but I, so let me show you what I've been thinking about all evening. In fact, in the build-up to this program, I, I was thinking about the business models. You see, my whole dream for for technology, um, discussing strategy and technology, is to allow that person in Ghana who's young, ambitious, determined, innovative, hungry, to have an enabler that enables them to catch up faster with the... Uh, more endowed, if I say more endowed by virtue of resources available around them, more endowed um, counterparts in other more advanced economies. And so my interest is in is not just in understanding what technologies they are, but how people can actually take advantage of them as they design their strategies for, for life and for their businesses. And so I'm looking at something like the three examples that you used when you started. Uber. Yeah. Airbnb yeah. and Facebook. Right. Now, what excites me about these three is the fact that on the cost frontier and deployment of mm-hmm. the, 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 I mean, the, the primary product that they offer, mm-hmm. they don't do any stocking of it. They don't invest in that primary product. They use other people's um, data, other people's information, That's other correct. people's mm-hmm. vehicles, other people's hotels, mm-hmm. and yet have designed a model where they become, they leverage other people's um, assets, and by the use of, 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 of a service provision platform, get to earn a piece of the pie. It may be small, but aggregated becomes so huge and so efficiently delivered. Is it doable in the Ghanaian space? It is doable. And let me explain data. And let me explain the paradigms of data. And I think that would help as I get into the tools for technology and answer your question directly. Like the cell or the gene of a body, on the business side, is the lowest form is data. The next level is information. Then the next level is analysis of that information. Then the fourth level is understanding. The fifth level is knowledge. And the sixth level is wisdom, where wisdom is the right application of knowledge. The themes of the digital economy are the 12 I've given you. The tools are what we call smart And let me break it down. Hold on to that one. Let me just digest the five, the six points you've just given us. You've given us one is data, mm-hmm. the raw form, the bits and pieces. That's correct. 11 people came here. Six were That's female, five were male. They That's came in at eight o'clock. That's great. They came in, uh, they are 
demographics they are aged between between 35 mm. and 50 yes. raw data then when that data is processed it becomes information that's correct and then when you an- analyze the information it gives you a certain trend a certain right. observation that's about correct. about the raw data that you collected right and then you begin to understand what that means for that's you correct. as a business that's correct and then based on that understanding you have certain knowledge about what you can do and what you cannot do right and then when you find a revelation that knowledge it becomes wisdom absolutely Charlie, Charlie, we must start a church <laughs> <laughs> It is 24 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. As you can see, this discussion is getting very exciting for me, and I'm sure it is for you as well. Let me give you a break to catch your breath and call a friend that we are really breaking technology down into the scriptural and everyday usage, especially from the corporate and business angle, to help everybody who is listening understand what, how much the world has changed and how you can be a part of it. When I come back from this break, we will take all this information, take it into the banking hall, take it into the church, take it into the entertainment space, find out why Shatter and find out why Stoneboy and find out why Sarkodie it's making it or not making it. What is the implication of technology in all this that we are talking about? Let me remind you that this is a discussion about technology as a, an enabler or a disruptor of business. And it's brought to you by Legacy and Legacy Enjoy 99.7 FM, proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and MTN, the nation's number one network. We enjoy media support from the Business and Financial Times and the Graphic Business and Dream Over underpins our technology drive. Let me say on behalf of EcoBank that I'm introducing the new, all new EcoBank mobile app. Download the app today and send money fast to 33 countries and pay your bills with the tap of a finger. As you can see, doing that enables us to cut down on the cost of banking transactions. No bank account, no worries. Open an EcoBank Express account instantly on your mobile phone. No forms and no account handling fees to pay ever. Download the new EcoBank app today and enjoy the new digital experience. The EcoBank mobile apps are available on Google Play Store and the App Store. EcoBank, for sure, is the Pan-African Bank. Talking about MTN, Charlie, so taking about this thing, you deserve to win amazing prizes in the MTN 4G taking over promo. Keep doing what you love on MTN 4G. Yes, text more, browse more, talk more, do more, Momo transactions, and you could be the lucky one to move into that posh two-bedroom house. Drive home one of those four sleek Hyundai cars every month, win cash prizes, enjoy super fast 4G on that iPhone 8, Samsung S8, or win loads of airtime. It's your chance to take over. Just switch to MTN 4G today and get 10,000 bonus points to start now. Dial star 120 hash for more details. You too can take over with MTN 4G taking over promo everywhere you go. This promo is for MTN 4G customers only. Terms and conditions apply. Let me bring you a message from Echo, uh, from Echo Bank and also from MTN. When I come back from this break, let's take this discussion right into your business reception all the way to the boardroom. And let's open the phone lines. Are you scared or are you empowered by technology? Please don't go away. Move on Moving on up is paying from your phone and getting looks of approval from your friends. Moving on up is doing all your banking from your bathroom like a boss. Moving on up is losing your wallet, but your money is still safe. Moving on up is attaching any bank's card to the Echo Bank mobile app. 
Oya, download the Echo Bank mobile app. Make we go and bank like a boss. Move on up with Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. MTN 4G promo and Nasio, no, no, in passion on our Chemia can win the car. You're saying you can't hear one for country buffet. I like Amo. Medin the Alton and Ponsan, my winning car, Hyundai I 10, MTN taking over, a papa, so winning the GT, or so be adding on Jim. My name is Richard Agala. I'm a testimony to that, and I've actually received my mobile money beep telling me that my 5,000 CD cash award is on my wallet. My name is Charles Banker, and I just won a Hyundai Ascent on the MTN taking over promo. This one, no. Only believe in all about about so we should keep texting, keep browsing, use the MTN mobile money. MTN taking over, we're taking over everywhere. Yo, Ucha in the end, Ucha switch, you call MTN 4G. Nayadia, we are. That's right, take you over. I tell you, the floor, two bedroom house, brand new cars from Hyundai, 4G enabled devices, and the cash prices way above my. Yo, the guy, Manchi Dolo, Charlie, also take you over. It is 19 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock, and this is Springboard, your virtual university. My guest, Franklin Asare, the CEO of Lockwood. Lockwood is a consulting firm. Frankly, what do you do at Lockwood? Well, Lockwood, we try and look at uh, business processes and see how we can optimize them for Ghanaian companies in particular, and African companies in particular, so that we can partake of the African renaissance right. and have the excellence that we need to have to have a seriously large global presence. What, 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 what wakes you up? What keeps you up at night? I am curious about each of my guests. By the way, in our book, 1001 Tips for an Outstanding Life, that book has an amazing review written by my friend, Dr. Nanadazi Gansa from Kentucky. He was in Ghana. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago and he wrote an amazing review about the book today on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But that, that book is a 15-year summary of one lesson per interview, one lesson per discussion, one lesson per book, one lesson per travel across to any country. And when I went to Gambia, I picked one lesson from there, Nigeria, one lesson. Everywhere you go, you pick one lesson. And, and, <laughs> and 1,001 of these lessons have mm-hmm. been completed compiled into that book. Mm-hmm. So anytime I meet somebody, I ask the person, what keeps you awake at night? What is what is that one thing that drives you? So African excellence. Why? I think that with all the things we have done, I think we still have not been able to break the mold of colonization upon us. Right. I think we have Christianity, and I think the excellence of Christ and the supremacy of Christ to play out in the corporate pl- marketplace. And I think in the businesses of today, we should see African excellence across. Right. So that's your one big lesson. Yes. African excellence. It keeps you awake at night. It keeps you awake. We'll talk about that in um, in another discussion. But let me, there's a lot of interest in the 12-part structure of the digital economy. So for the benefit of those who joined us who are saying, what about number four? What about number three? It, the, the num- don't, don't, don't worry too much about the numbers. It may appear in a different sequence elsewhere, but th- this is the structure that we shared here. Number one is knowledge-based. Number two is digitization. Number three, virtualization. Number four is convergence. Number five, presumption. Presumption, that's produce and consume. Presumption. Number six, innovation. Number seven, integration. Number eight, immediacy. I love that one, immediacy. Live, live consumption, live action. Yes. Number nine, globalization. And that's boundarylessness, as Jack Walls described it. Number eight, discordance. Number nine, molecularization. And, no, sorry. Yes, ten. Number ten, discordance. Mm -hmm. Correct. Number eleven, molecularization. And you didn't give us number twelve, but... 
um, in the break, you said it was disintermediation. That's correct. Right. So you missed one out. So mm. what is disintermediation? Disintermediation is Just the removing of middleman functions. And this is in the area of blockchain. Right. So you described it, but you didn't mention it in That's specific correct. terms. That is what do you mean by the removal of middleman functions? I mean, like you go to you go to the passport office and there's no middleman. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> in a glorified sense, but I think that uh, in the in in the world of cryptocurrency, we remove the need for middlemen in a big way. Banks will disappear, and I and I and I hate in in the in the form they are in today, because I'll be able to transact with you over buying your house without involving a bank. I just need your QR code, and if I'm satisfied, I can move money to you. This is where we are moving in as far as the blockchain world is concerned, although it's still in its conception in this part of the world, but it's advanced. Let me ask you about um, about conception versus reality. Some, some themes are conceived, but they never find the the light of day. Some things show promise in the beginning and then fizzle out. Uh, is this the real deal or, or there will be a point of will we plateau at a point and then and then this thing will fizzle out? Well, I hope so with blockchain but the, the Dubai government has said they will use it from 2021. Um, if you go to the US now Amazon, Facebook, Oracle, SAP are now looking at this seriously and providing cloud services. I'll bet this thing is not going away. <laughs> it is f- 15 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. If at this point you are convinced that technology is a disruptor, please say so when you call in. If you think it is an enabler, you may also say so. The number to call 030-221-6541. is a number to call. Let's talk about how technology is changing the world. In church, as the pastor moderating the service, it is my responsibility to acknowledge not just the people in the service, but for every one person in the service um, at my church, there's a hundred people watching the service digitally and they deserve to be acknowledged. And yes. it's a very important part of our communication to acknowledge them. So you... It has changed the way things are done. You just cannot ignore the people. The design, the execution of ministry takes cognizance of that person watching you from Fernando Po or the person watching watching you from Argentina. I have a call on the line. Hello, good evening. Yeah, good evening, Albert. How are you? Ex- Excellent. Yeah, Your name, where are you calling from, please? Yeah, this is John. I'm calling from Hachu. John, tell me, is technology an enabler or a disruptor? Well... Technology is supposed to be an enabler, but now it is a disruptor. And um, if I'm allowed to, to comment... John, take, uh, a, take a minute to tell us why. Yes. Um, if you look at Uber, for instance, you know, technology is supposed to help you. Whatever you do offline, which is what we do, is supposed to be just taken online. So if you come in as a taxi service, you're supposed to work with a taxi company. You're supposed to uh, comply with the rules, the laws. But now what you see is that uh, because it's, it's, it's very rapid, so it's catching all of us um, 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 by surprise or whatever word it is. So uh, before you wake up, there's a new technology. Then there's the, a the way to beat the system where the laws are not being complied with. So you happen to see that now private cars are being used for taxes instead of the taxes itself when our laws uh, um, do not 
allowed that. And there's no even playing field for the one who is supposed to rather benefit from the technology. So, okay, so John, sorry to to, to, to shorten your submission, but the, the truth about it is this, that it's going to get even more disruptive and this, the pace of change is going to be even faster. So it's up to us to let our laws catch up with the fast uh, pace of technology. Let's listen to Stephen from Magazine. Stephen, good evening. Yes, good evening. Reverend. Stephen, is, it a, is technology an enabler or a disruptor? It is both, but now it, it is turned out to be more of, it, it is turned out to be disruptive more than enabler. Why are you saying that? Because the projections into the future are scary. A lot of jobs are going to fizzle out. Lawyers, bankers, and, and, and the list is endless. What is important here is the situation of the education system to take advantage of the disruption that is coming so that we position the children in our kindergarten classes toward that line. But how do we do so when we don't have computers in our schools in Ghana? So what was we left behind? So the battle for Ghana's sovereignty must be situated within the context of ideas, not on the street. Thank you very much. The contest of ideas and race now we're telling you about the festival of ideas and why it is such a big deal this year because you're talking about the same team. And Nanakofi Buedu watching us on Facebook says technology is a double-edged sword. It has the ability to disrupt business environments where only those prepared for the change can benefit. Nana, I agree with you a, a thousand times. Those prepared for the change will benefit. Oscar K. Ajiman says, I'm watching you live from KNUST. Nana Mpapu says, I'm loving the topic being discussed. Simon Nee Odwesua says, God bless you, Reverend. Technology is an enabler. He is a very positive person that is an enabler. Let's take one last call and come back into the studio. Let's see how Jeff from Afram Plains sees this whole process. Jeff, good evening. To produce different kinds of... Be an enabler in the sense that we can... Hello? Jeff, please go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I'm saying I see technology to be an enabler. Because uh, if we can foresee what uh, is coming up in the future, then we prepare ourselves adequately to be able to take advantage of what is coming. But it appears as a society, as people, we sit down for technology to catch up with us, and then we want to take reactionary approach instead of taking a uh, proactive approach. So once we get ourselves very prepared for technology, it will really be an enabler instead of seeing it as a disturbance to us. Thank you very much. Um, and, and the fact they are calling from a front place alone proves that technology is an enabler. Let me take the last one from Sam from Tessama. Sam, good evening. Hi, good evening, Reverend. How are you doing? Excellent. Good, you and know, you? Um, it, it's an, technology is an enabler. I, I 100% believe so. Um, for, for those who think that technology is a disruptor, uh, organizations that have, you know, bad culture, for example, um, those who install, you know, um, clocking devices, they clock in and then they go out to eat watchy or go out and then come back or, you know, when it's time to close, they, they you know, they do other things. For, there are so many examples I can give. But then technology, when, look at when email um, came. It disrupted the postal services in the United States and all over other places. But when you go to the United States, the postal services are working perfectly. And email is still okay. For Ghana, it's because of the deficiency and, uh, you know, 
proper management of the postal services. Now we we see that postal is not working. So it is an enabler. It is about which organization and individual. If you go to work and you can use Facebook or you can use WhatsApp or other things to do business, productive business, it's an enabler. It is those that are not properly managed or they themselves cannot manage themselves get themselves distracted by these devices but they are the phone can do so many things than just phone call you can do your schedules you can also you know have a notebook to do your to-do list and all that so it is an enabler it's helping but it is the individual or the organization if the organization don't have a proper culture to manage the people you can bring all the technology whether it's tax management people will not follow or use that tax management uh, uh, software. Thank you very much, Sam. You make the point very, very powerfully that it is it, it depends on the individual and depends on the organization. And you couldn't be right, more right. Thank you so much for all those who called in from the various places. I want to dedicate, the, I want to salute the caller from Afram Plains. It's just wonderful that by the power of technology, um, you can you can participate in the virtual university from from different parts of the country. Let's come back home, Francis, um, um, Franklin. So, beyond the 12 points that comprise the the architecture, one, one point that seems to have come through is preparedness. Mm-hmm. And literally every caller has said that, listen, it, there's no absolute answer to the question about being a disruptor or being an enabler. It can be Anything is if it's a double-edged sword. Yes. To, to whom, uh, to who, to the one who is prepared, yes. it will be an enabler. Yes. To the one who is who prepared. is not prepared, it will be a disruptor. Mm-hmm. Um, preparedness. Speak to the issue of preparedness to close us. Right. I think we need to look at what uh, MIT has called SMASET, and I'll go through it briefly because of time. One is social. These are the tools that we need to look at. We need to use our social platforms very well. I'm talking Facebook to advertise, WhatsApp, and use it well, LinkedIn, very, very well. We also need to look at mobile computing. These are apps like EcoBank has got, and be able to use them and engage the use of these apps very well. And then analytics. This is in the area of big data. And this is where, if there's any caller here, any person listening under 35, I will implore you to look at big data very well because it's a new career direction as we analyze data. Most of the careers now will be around analysis. We'll come back to those discussions again, frankly, because there are issues you raised that I would like us to break down a bit more. But okay. let's, 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 let's do smash it and then... And then the Internet of Things. This is IT, the IT bit of it, where we have sensors now connected to the Internet at the moment, by 2020, we are going to have about 50 billion devices, our smartphones. And by 2030, we are projecting over 100 billion devices. So the area of Internet of Things is a huge area we need to look at to be able to enjoy ourselves in this area. Now, we already have most of the smartphones. Most Africans have come across have at least two devices. Um, so this is an area that we can partake and partake very well. So smash it. Social, mobile, analytics. Internet of things. Right. No, cloud computing is the C. Right. Then Internet of things, where we also have now virtualized environments using cloud in the virtualization theme from the previous discussion. 
Right. Let me say a big thank you to you, Franklin Asari, for joining us in Springboard Virtual University as we have explored technology as um, as an enabler or as a disruptor. You didn't answer the question explicitly. You just gave us two huge platforms and left us to make a conclusion. One thing I can understand is that we are a bit more informed, better informed about the architecture and about the developments in the technology space than we were when we came in. So apart from the 12 points that we discussed, we also know that these changes can help us with customer engagement, online presence, self-service, operational efficiency, employee efficiency. We also know that the transition from data to wisdom involves data information, analysis, understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. And then finally, we know that there's also smart social, mobile, analytics, cloud computing, and the Internet of Things. One thing I can tell you, frankly, we will do this again and break a couple of these things down into significant detail. What does it mean to have 50 billion devices in the world? And how do we take advantage from our small corner in the middle of the world? Intersecting both the equator and the what did they call it? The greenish meridian, right in the center of the world. Frank, yes. your closing thoughts in a minute. Well, I think that we are poised for the Africa Renaissance. I think that spiritually we are ready. I think we have a, a youth or young people who are ready. I just think that we need to manage them. We need to encourage them. We need to empower them. Uh, we need to make sure that we are ready for what is about to happen because it is indeed here. Thank you very much, Franklin Lassari of Lockwood Institute for joining us. Let me remind our listeners that our latest book, 1001 Keys or 1001 Tips for an Outstanding Life is available at the Altar Bookshop at ICGC Christ Temple or for doorstep delivery just SMS or WhatsApp book nook, Nana Danwes book nook on 026 026-433-9066 026-433-9066 Let me say a big good evening to Reverend Andy Yorson celebrating your birthday today and then my brother Reverend Eddie Ebo Anan also celebrating your birthday today today I will close with a song Onise Yanu, the God of Awesome Wonders, and I dedicate it to Reverend Andy Yosin and Reverend Ibuanan. Enjoy the song tonight and coming up next, the work with Jesus and the topic. I love it. Before you say I do, and the guests, Mrs. Flora Saki and Reverend Dr. Ajay Mens are two people I, I deeply respect and the, the host, my brother, Pastor Atuakwa. Enjoy the show and my name is Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone. An inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 you may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, oh, oh.